All right, gents. Um, welcome to another installment of Composure in the Box. Today, we're having our first player-only uh, type of podcast, uh, shining a light or the limelight on Jordan Henderson. I'm joined by two um, of Liverpool's most mature fans. Um, mm-hmm. As I've so, just put it, um, Simba and Ivaristo, thank you, gents, for joining me. Good. Also, awesome. thanks for having us. Yeah, all right. Uh, so today I want to talk about Jordan Henderson. You know, it was interesting when I was looking looking up the gentleman. 364 uh, Liverpool appearances, 29 goals in those games. He's a Premier League winner now, Champions League winner, Super Cup winner, Club World Cup winner, a captain. Uh, but funny enough, he's a man that not many football fans, not many football pandits rate, but he's rated by a few. Um, and he's still your captain, your leader someone new gents believe in. Um, I sort of start off by talking up a little bit about when he was announced to have signed from Sunderland um, it, back in 2011. Were you excited about the signing of Henderson? Um, and uh, honest answers only, gents. <laughs> uh, Mr. Everisto, you can go first. Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, so, 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 no, not at all. Um, when 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 Jordan Henderson was was appointed captain for me, it, it actually felt like a like, like a step down. Um, in, in terms of uh, just his, his statistics, uh, goal scoring ability, defend defending ability, like he he was um, honestly just a very mediocre player. Um, and then when you then compare that to obviously the captain who was there before him, Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard was was was, was a world class player at the time in a in a mediocre team. So now when Jordan was, was then appointed captain, he then felt like, okay, now we're accepting the fact that we're a mid-table team and we're going to get a mid-table kind of, of, um, of, um, of, of, of captain. Um, obviously, um, they, they, they had been talking. It was well-known and well-documented that he was someone who had um, leadership um, um, qualities just in terms of character. Um, but it, it, even with all, all that, it was still a bit disappointing because, you know, if your leadership quality does not really match up to your prowess on the on the on on the pitch and it doesn't produce um, results, then it really doesn't justify you being appointed captain. So yeah, obviously we'll talk talk later on about how um, I, I was wrong in that um, in, in that belief. But honestly, when Jordan Henson was appointed captain, I really thought it was a step down, and it was a sign that we were accepting the fact that we are a mid-table team. All right. Interesting thoughts there. We'll touch on that a little bit later, like you've mentioned. Uh, Sims, 2011, Jordan Henderson, had um, he was obviously a Sunderland uh, kid. Yeah, he'd gone out uh, to Coventry, I think it was, on loan, came back, played two full seasons for them. Um, your thoughts when he was signed by the Reds? Yeah, uh, uh, so hey, when he was signed, I was also in a state of confusion. I, I couldn't make out what exactly he was. You know, what role is he? Where is he going to add value? I, at that time, I know I was just frustrated because I thought Liverpool was just trying to buy these uh, these English players, you know, for to try and just get like English blood. And you know, uh, in all fairness, English players were not that technically gifted, so you were kind of buying recruiting these players to just, you know, to appease the English fans. So I was really disappointed. I was confused. I was wondering, ah, but what does this guy do? And I mean, the fee as well at that time was also a bit was high as well. So I was just like, okay, but this is we could have used the money somewhere else. So I, I won't lie, I was one of the guys who just didn't find value that Henderson was bringing. I felt 
we could have used the money better. Uh, and then, in all fairness, it was quite unfair because he was just compared to Gerard, and you know, people were talking about, no, this guy's long-term successor, Gerard, but he didn't have the skills that Gerard had, and then he wasn't, you know, the best distributor of the ball because we had just lost Alonso at the same time. So you're just now getting confused, like, ah, what value is this guy actually going to bring? So, so yes, when he was bought in, I definitely want to lie. I thought him was a guy who's probably not going to stay long at, uh, at Liverpool. I never saw him as a future captain for the club. Uh, I thought he, at the best, you probably just end up being a squad player. We use him on a rotational basis. Um, and, and, and that's the truth. And I think, as Evaristo said, when he, even when he became captain, it was, you know, it was just a bit of a side, like, okay, if it's, if it has to be so be it, you know, you, you always support whoever the club appoints, but I thought there were a few more other options we could have gone. Hello, Simba. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Um, sorry, I think I'd lost some, um, lost you there for for a minute. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's only fair that we touch on the whole captaincy issue. Um, going into that, um, you know, after Stevie G's tenure at uh, at the club, uh, you you've mentioned that he wasn't the guy you could have looked elsewhere. But looking at the number of games that he started, the experience that he had for you guys, who would you have appointed? Uh, I, I mean, for as captain the, after Stevie Jim, Steven Jones. No, but and that's the thing. I mean, it was really unfair on on Henderson. I mean, this is obviously in hindsight, but it was unfair on Henderson because we we just wanted a, a captain who's in the same mold as Gerard. I think the same thing was just like we need a captain who's, you know, we had we had associated the captain's armband with a guy who would just take us out of the darkest places. We had associated a captain with, if we need a goal, we turn to this guy. If we need a, a, a miraculous performance, we turn to this guy. And I hadn't, see, and I hadn't seen that in, in Henderson. So for me as well, it was just a case of, no, man, this guy, is he really the... Sims? Evaristo, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Maybe while while we try to get Sims back online, um, so Want so, so <laughs> I, I, yeah. Sorry, we had lost you there, Sims. I don't know what's happening. Sorry, guys. I don't know what's happening. But I'll just conclude to say to say, look, I think when he was appointed, I'd always support. I'd always appointed. You know, I'd always associated the captain with a guy who can take us out of the darkest places. You know, that Gerard forty-yard uh, goal and that Gerard man of the match performance, and I never saw that in Henderson. So I was also a bit confused. Like, no, I think we can do better than. Uh, than, uh, than Henderson. All right. Evaristo, um, yeah. your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, uh, <laughs> I, 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 really, I really hesitate to, 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 to ask that question because <laughs> history has shown that my, my other choices for captain were, <laughs> were totally <laughs> not, not the, 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 the right decision. Um, you must please. When just when, one or two. Yeah, when when, when Gerard left, I had I had two options. Um, the, the, the first one was Glenn Johnson. <laughs> um, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Johnson. Yeah, Glenn Johnson because he had okay, been all right. because he had been um at, at, at the team for for, for for so long, and also had um experience having come from Chelsea and so on. And you remember um those the, those last couple of seasons when Glenn Johnson was still with us, he used to make some some very epic runs from the from the right back position. And mm. was scoring a, a decent amount of goals, so I no, definitely he was box office. Yeah, so so from what, what we saw on the pitch, I, I really believed we we 
he really was capable, capable of of of, um, of being captain of a team at at that level because we we were struggling to make top four on a regular basis. Um, the other option I have, which I feel was more justified than Glenn Johnson, was was Pepe Reina before he then he he, um, he 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 then left. Even when he was playing third um, third place um, goalkeeper at, at Spain, you know, at, at the World Cups and at the Euros, you could see him trying to lift his teammates. Even though he never got a game, you could see him trying to raise his his teammates. So so really, I, I for me, I really thought Glenn Johnson and and, and Pepe Reina would have been better options for captain at the time. Mm. It's hard to argue with that, Simba. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a strong argument. Uh, and you mentioned about yeah. uh, people's with the experience and playing with the tenure at Liverpool. I think it was a it was a good argument. Mm. No, I, th- I think also I think I think maybe there was a bit of you guys were a bit disgruntled as well because at that time there were a lot of not so good uh, signings in and around that era. Um, sure. Guys that were coming in and going so quickly. The Charlie Adams. I'm not sure. There's a picture that I saw recently of one of the teams that was playing uh, in the league. You know, it's, it's it's very interesting to see where you guys are now compared to today. I know this is away from Henderson, but just give me a throwback of how it was seeing some of those sides. Um, uh, Charlie Adams. Who, who are those other names? They're not coming back to me. But uh, some the, some dodgy guys in there. Ricky Lambert's. You know <laughs> that, that lineup. The the, the Jay Spearings, the Paul Koncheskis. Oh my God! Exactly. Imagine. Yeah. So so it, any it, thoughts on, on back then, it, Simba? Uh, Every It was it was it was a really difficult um, time to 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 um. To, to support a team. I mean, I mean, like like nowadays, like you know, teams have their banter eras. Eras. We laugh at Arsenal. Um, we we laugh at United. But even United, as 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 bad as they are, like like have never finished um as 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 um lower than sixth. Um, and it really was a difficult time because we genuinely were looking like a mid-table team. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very difficult uh, difficult time to be a supporter, and also made worse because we we always had these seasons where we we nearly made it. Um, so there, there was the team. There, there was the year where we came second um, with, with with Fernando Torres. Fernando Torres leaves, then we then go through a dip. Um, then later on, we we then got Suarez. Um, we, we we almost won again. Suarez left. We got Balotelli. Then we then Balotelli is another one. Then we we, we then went we went through a dip. It's, it's a very difficult time because you you're, you're telling yourself you're supporting a big team, but you look at the signings, you look at the performances on the pitch. There was one season when um, our choice in strikers were um, Fabio Borini. Um, who was who were the other guys we had up front? But then our combined our, our three three first choice strikers um, scored less goals than Messi did on his own in a season. Like that's how bad things were. Yeah, exactly. But wasn't that Borini, Balotelli, and Ricky Lambert? And Lambert, exactly. yes. and, uh, yeah. yeah. I think it was a, a season or two before the SAS. Mm. Yeah, or the SSS. Yeah, yes, exactly. If I can put it that way. Yeah. yeah, that's when we were at our lowest. And Simba, you wanna put, put chime in there? No, I, I totally agree with every story. About the bad old days. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I'm even trying to I try to to blank out those memories, but uh, but if I had to think about it, but we had uh, uh, we had just some people. I mean, we had the likes of uh, David Ngog, we had Spearing, we had uh, Paulson, we had Koncheski. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, if I if I start thinking of the time when we had Roy Hodgson there, uh, I man, it was mm, it was just mm, terrible. Mm, I mean, um, 
Uh, I mean, Joe Cole, as much as you might, if, if you might like him, but yo, he really didn't add any value. And then you had no, no, uh, no, nothing at all. And most of those guys were big, big monies. And I think what would have been so uh, maybe aggravating you guys was the fact that it seemed like it was just this English bias because my, many of those signings and that's, were English. That's what I'm saying. Undeserving. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. We went through this phase when, 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 uh, when Rafa left and then we got. Uh, Hodgson, and then we seem to go down that path of saying, let's get this English blood. Uh, I've got a fan, I've got another fan who I follow who was very happy because he felt, yeah, we need that tenacity. And then we had Jay Spearing. And then I remember the darkest day for me was when we when we sold Torres and we spent that 35 million on Andy Carroll. Guys, oh, I was, I remember I was livid. I couldn't believe it because Carroll to me was a, was a donkey. You know, even before we signed, I was just like... <laughs> What does this guy is just going to be? We're just going to be crossing and looping balls to this guy. So, yeah, like Evaristo said, guys, we, we came from Fabra. We came from some of the, the worst places. I mean, as much as we might laugh at uh, certain teams that are struggling now, but hey, man, we've been through the worst. Yeah, but the thing is, gents, uh, I'm sorry to, to take you down, uh, down memory lane and uh, on the bad side of things. Mm-hmm. So, our producers will pay for any psychological help you guys might need after the <laughs> podcast if anything does happen to you guys but you know um i think i think fast forwarding it a little bit to okay henderson is now the captain um this seems to be some form of a revolution club comes in as well um he still sticks to him when club came in did anyone either one of you guys feel like you could have chosen a different player to be to be the captain after you sims uh, uh, so even right now, uh, I mean, and, and I say this with all respect to Henderson, I, I got a strong bias that I would love to see Virgil van Dijk be, be the captain. Um, I just think we, that's a, I mean, we've got a mammoth, we've got a mountain there at the back. Uh, but, but I won't take it away from Henderson. I'm happy he stays in. Look, I think when Klopp came in, uh, I, I was expecting anything to happen. I was excited when Klopp came in. I thought, right, let's give this guy uh, you know, a blank check to do anything he wants. Um, but but uh, but we all know that if you come in and you, and you immediately start changing captain, I think that's a, that's a bad move with the, with the dressing room. So I wasn't too concerned. I thought, no, look, let's let's focus more on the tactics. And I mean, even then, when Klopp came, I'm trying to think who did we really have at the time who could have who could have taken the armband. I mean, we had uh, ooh, we had Skirto, Lovren at the back. No, I wasn't happy with any of those guys. With the likes of Emre Chan. Coutinho. I mean, none of these guys were oozing captain, uh, captain, you know, material. So I wasn't too concerned. I thought, look, I was rather focusing on what his club going to implement. But to answer your question, as in right now, as things stand, look, I think I'm I'm content uh, with Henderson being captain. But I, I'm, I've got a strong bias that I always love it when I see you know Van Dijk with that armband um, because you know for me it's the standout player in the team and uh, the guy who I've got a bias when it's, uh, when it's captains, uh, what, sorry, when centre-backs are captains. So that's the view that I have. Understood. You know, Mr. Mr. E? Yeah, so... so Do so, you so, think Klopp was going to change anything or... So, 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 I, I, so, so I, I agree with um, Sims with regards to the fact that when, when Klopp came, the options weren't, weren't really there. And um, I, I hesitate to, to, to do things like like just changing captains on the fly. Um, mm. the, the the example I have in my mind is not not necessarily with regards to captains, but I remember when um, Zlatan came to Manchester United, 
and then they took the number one, the number nine jersey away from Anthony Marshall. Um, but then Zlatan only ended up being at, at 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 United for two seasons, and not even two full seasons because for the second season he was injured for for for, for most of it. Now Anthony Marshall, as you know, is one of their blockbuster um, 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 attackers. So you then really think, I mean, what's the point of risking, you know, a toxic environment like that for, you, you know, something which is which can be so short term and so 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 fickle because that's how football is. So so when I was listening to Sims talking as well, as he was going through the options of the people who were there when Klopp came, I was thinking, you know what, I think the person who would have deserved it most would have been Philip Coutinho. But then now you look, how long did Coutinho hang around for after that? You know, Coutinho left talking about how he wanted to, to, to win as a team. Basically, what he was saying was he thought he was lifting up the team on his own. And you look at the legacy Liverpool has, where at one time, Gerard was really the, the, like, the, the only decent player in a team of 22 people. But he still stayed and he still pushed. Um, so, yeah. Um, With options to leave as well, hey? Yeah, the Real yeah. Madrid's of this world. Mm. Exa- yeah, exactly. Rumors to Chelsea when yeah. Abramovich money was there as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so for those reasons, I, 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 I believe when Klopp came, we, 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 we should have stuck with with, with Jordan Henderson. Mm. Right, but also looking at, you know, looking and talking about the twenty first century, um, there's quite a number of legendary figures. Obviously, on different tiers. So, obviously, there's your tier A uh, legends, there's the B guys and the C guys that have come to come to Anfield or somewhere bred in Anfield and they've shined. Where does Henderson rank amongst your 21st century legends? So, from 2001 to 2020, the past 19 years, those legends that you guys have. Um, I think. Uh, if Arista, you agree, Peter Crouch is a 21st century legend. I know you're a big fan of that. <laughs> I'll put um, Peter Crouch in, in, in the B category. <laughs> of course, of course, yes. But but I'm just saying, where does which tier would you say Henderson belongs in? Um, right. So, so based so, on just the 21st century. So 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 I would put. Um, in, in in terms of Liverpool and 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 the way that we play, or, or rather, no. Let me let me let me answer it from you asked like just as across the board, just as across the board standards. If I'm honest, I'll I'll, I'll put Jordan Henderson in the in the C category. Um, but having said that, I do feel that um Liverpool um at Liverpool is surrounded by players with um a skill set um and tactics that benefit the way that he plays and at Liverpool he then automatically just becomes an A if that makes sense I think I get where I get where you're going since yourself yeah so I, I think it's harsh just to, to judge him alone on, on talent um, I think he's going to have a, a big uh, a big position because look he's the first captain to lift the Premier League title uh, for everything he's done and he's become a fan favourite so for me I think yeah he's he's definitely in the B in the B category I mean he's he won't feature in like the all-time best Liverpool teams. Maybe not even in the first, second, or maybe not even in the third team. But, but I think he's 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 firmly in the B category for me. He's a he's a person who we'll probably talk about to say, "Hey, she is the captain who, who got us our first title in 30 years." Um, and and I mean, he's got that spirit as well now. Now he's got that spirit, spirit and that fighting attitude, which which I think is great uh, from a captain's point of view. So I I, I put him in B. True, true. I think if you if you look up Jordan Henderson on who scored uh, on who scored dot com, 
um, it's interesting to see when you read uh, some of their their analysis on him as a player. So it goes like strengths, passing, very strong. Mm-hmm. Key passes, strong. Tackling, strong. Weaknesses, no significant weaknesses. <laughs> okay. So so it's and and I'm, I I use a lot of I think Evaristo can attest and use them also. I use a lot of this. I love whoscore.com because mm-hmm. you know when there's some debates when you're debating trolls and as a, especially as an Arsenal fan, you need to know your stats mm-hmm. quite a bit so you can at least come back in some debates and you know shut someone up. But I love who scored and I can tell you, I've only seen three or four other players who do who have no significant weaknesses attached to their profile mm. okay so I, I guess i'm leading with that but my question is what is jordan henderson to you as a player and what does he do well and what if uh sorry and what if anything does he need to improve i know that's two questions but i'm just trying to squeeze them into one thing after you since uh, okay so if we look at him right now and i mean you you refer to who scored and to stats I think he's, I don't know if he's got four, maybe five goals this season. Um, uh, five five, five goals. goals. Yeah. I think he's sitting also on like maybe three or four assists. So so definitely I would want him to to get more on the scoring sheet. But then you look at the role that, uh, that he's playing in the team. And, and we had this discussion on another chat. I think he's, you know, he's being asked to really play in a central role where his, his duties are, some guy put it nicely to say he, he recycles the ball very well. So we're asking him to get the ball, release it quickly to the forward line. Get the ball, release it quickly, you know, even if it's a lateral pass, even if it's a square ball, or try get it the ball quickly to, to Roberto Firmino or spread it out wide to Mane or Salah. So for me, one of his weaknesses is I still want him to be a midfielder who gets us, you know, eight to ten goals a season, who, who is looking to shoot more. And, and the thing is, I think he's a really good shooter. Like, I mean, he's got some great goals from outside the box. Yeah. But he's, he's got this. He hesitates a lot. And I remember for the longest period, I found that out of 10 passes that Henderson does, seven of them were backwards because he, he liked to be safe, you know, play the safe ball, just pass it backwards. So I would like to see him be more adventurous in his passing, as much as you said he's got good passing, but try look for that, uh, for that threaded ball, you know. Try look for a forward pass uh, more often. And then, of course, let's shoot more. Um, but I, but I mean it's it's a lot of it is not his fault. I think it's the role that is being asked. Uh, even if we look at if we look at all our midfielders, we really don't get any goals. I mean, Wijnaldum scored yesterday for the first time in I don't know how long. So we look at Wijnaldum, we look at Henderson. Um, these are not guys who, who who score from the middle from the midfield. That's why we're trying to rely on the likes of Oxlade and Navigator to be our our goal scorers from midfield. I, I agree with uh, with everything that you said there, Everisto. Um, right. So, um, so, so what's Jordan Henderson to me? Um, <laughs> Jordan Henderson, and, and I think I'm going to use these two phrases a lot during um, um, during this episode. Um, the first one is um, Jordan Henderson is has a good work rate, um, and number two, he's consistent. Um, he has a good work rate and is consistent. Now, when I say work rate, I mean in the sense that um, he's um, a central midfielder who can do both attack and defend adequately. Not, not amazingly, not out of this world, but he can do both um, um, amazingly. And, and you seldom find um, a, a central midfielder who is, is good at both. A central midfielder who's known for being able to attack and also defend at the same time. 
um, when I mean it's it's up for debate whether or not Henderson deserves to be in the in the Premier League XI um, if if he believes if he deserves to be crowned um, player of the season and so on. But um, whenever that does come up, the one person people always always compare him to is um, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, these are both guys who play in high pressing, um, high energy um, teams. Um, but the difference between De Bruyne and Anderson is Anderson also contributes defensively, while De Bruyne doesn't um, contribute as much. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's that balance that we're talking about. And also in a high-pressing team, uh, um, you need to be able to do this consistently because, you know, you, you, as a, you attack as a team, you can easily be caught out on the counter-attack. Now you need to defend as a team. Um, and Edison can contribute um, b- both in terms of going forward and also going backwards. Not in an amazing way, not in an out-of-this-world way, but he has that balance. And um, I, I feel that him just being adequate at those things is okay because um, Liverpool is very... Um, is very is is very different. It's not it's not the typical team in terms of what our sources of creativity and goal scoring are. So um, you'd look at, for example, um, we we have two Golden Boot winners in our team, but neither of those are the centre forward. Those are our wingers. Those are our goal scorers. We look at our centre forward, and our centre forward's job actually isn't even to 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 score goals anyway. He's actually one of the sources of creativity. When usually you'd be looking at the centre forward as being the um, the person who who, who provides goals. Um, we, we don't get a lot of creativity from our central midfielders, but we get a lot of creativity from creativity from our right back and our left back. So because we already have sources for goal scoring and, 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 and creativity, and they, they're not the, the typical sources, um, we, we don't demand that so much from our, from, from our central uh, midfielders. And that's why Jordan Henderson can thrive in a team like Liverpool. Because there isn't much that's required of him in terms of finding threaded balls, through passes, um, scoring goals, and so on. Because there are many other people that are doing that um, for him. So, so that then leads me to your second question: What would I um, ask him to improve on? What do I ask him to change? Um, as things stand, I would say nothing, nothing at all. Simply because this is the, this is he works in our system. Um, as long as our system remains the the, the way that it is. We will keep, um, keep, um, keep winning, we will keep dominating games, we will keep retaining position, we will keep getting pressing because he's good at that. Now, the risk then arises when, for example, maybe uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold then gets um, bought by, by Barcelona and then we don't have that creativity anymore. When uh, Roberto Firmino um, then gets um, bought, um, then we don't have that creativity anymore. When one of our wingers, um, um, Salah or Mane, gets um, bought, then we don't have those goals anymore. Then now you're then looking at your central midfielders and saying, you know what, these are the guys who should be providing creativity. These are the guys who should be providing goals every now and then. And that's when what Sims, or what I feel um, Sims was saying then comes into play. Now we want someone who's more like a Bruno Fernandes. Now we now want someone who's looking for, for, for good passes. Now we're looking for somebody who, when they find the space, they're taking shots at goal. Hmm. Interesting thoughts there. Interesting thoughts. But now there's a there's a whole lot of noise about this topic. The Premier League player the Premier League, sorry, player of the year award. Um, you know, and Henderson's name has been popping up quite a bit. Your thoughts on that? Does he deserve to be <laughs> the Premier League player of the year? Um and I must say before any one of you guys go. We know how it works. Generally, the winner comes from the team that lifted the trophy. Mm. I don't know how far back we'd have to go to 
see a break in that trend. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so as I was about to answer your question, I was thinking on 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 an individual play, um, basis, just looking at Jordan Henderson and saying, has he been the best player in the league this season? If I'm on, I mean, if I'm honest about the way I feel, no, I, I don't feel he's anywhere close. He doesn't deserve it. Um, but then, like you're saying, um, it's um, many individual awards are also based on the fact on 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 the question of how did your team perform. Sometimes we use um, team performances to judge um, individual performances. And if we look at that case, then, yeah, there is a, a, an argument for Jordan Henderson being um, in there. Um, you, you're saying, obviously, that um, the, the, the player usually comes from the team that won the league. I'm just trying to think, is there anyone else who, who, who deserves it more? Um, for, for me, I'll be, I'll be more likely to give it to Salah because of um, just the sheer number of his goal involvements um, this season. Um, Mane simply because he, he he he's someone whose impact we feel when he's not there. He's a game changer. He's someone where um, when he comes on off the bench, we know um, we, we're going to go. We're going to get one or two goals. When when a game is stuck at at a zero zero, we're now getting towards seventy five minutes. We know Mane is the kind of person who can change the game and provide a goal, and then we walk away from the from the game um, one goal up. Um, Van Dyke, because um, he's um, he, because he's he's such a, an amazing defender. So um, the the last time the three of us were together on a podcast, I did point out that um, I feel Van Dyke is trying to hard to be Sergio Ramos. So <laughs> I, I, I I I would take it away from him because simply because of that. So for me, if we had to choose someone from Liverpool to take that Player of the Year award, it would either be Salah or 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 or, or, or Mane. I do stand corrected. I think the last two years it's kind of broke with tradition with Mo Salah winning it in 2017-18 and uh, Van Dijk winning it uh, last season. Mm. So those are the two that broke tradition. But before that, it's just been um, Hazard, Vardy, Kante um, and so mm. on. Fantastic. Look, uh, if, I, if I can chip in here, I think so I think the, the one of the awards is going to be announced tomorrow, I think, which is the Football Writers Play of the Season, something like that. PFA, yeah, yes. I think, um, yeah, I, I think I've, I've got no qualms with Henderson being in the, I think he's in the final three now. Uh, Henderson, Mane, and uh, De Bruyne. So I, I think it's, I, I've got no qualms with him. However, if you really look at the stats and the performances, I mean, like we said, the guy has got five goals and uh, just a handful of assists. Four assists. Yeah, so he's, yeah. you can probably name a hundred people who've got better stats with him. So I think Henderson's strengths come from, uh, you guys know in the other sports, what we call the intangibles. So he's, I think he's, he's a leader. We have seen that he's there to lead the team. We need his leadership. And honestly, the games after this lockdown that we struggled came because we didn't have Henderson. Uh, I saw. I saw that we were struggling just to put things together. We didn't have this guy's leadership, so so when I say it like that, and also because of sentimental value, I think Henderson is a contender. However, I think if he gets it, I think it would be an extremely it would be an extremely contentious decision. I would personally give it to Sadio Mane simply because Liverpool has won it, as you said. But if we're looking at the best player in the in the Premier League, and I've said this for the last three, four years. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, to me, is the best player in that league. Uh, he's the best player in the league. So I, I would I would, I would, would probably see Henderson might even win it tomorrow because I've seen a lot of the football writers talking about Henderson. And I think there's, of course, an English bias uh, to it. But I think when it comes to the player's player, 
I think Henderson probably won't win it. I think De Bruyne will probably win it with something like Mane coming second. So I think we might have two different winners uh, this year. Interesting, interesting to to hear you. I do, I do know you love De Bruyne, but I don't think you're going to put it out there like that. Ah, that's uh, and you can quote me on this one, uh, guys. I think this is the best <laughs> best player in the league. I think. I think uh, in a couple of years' time, we'll be talking about probably the best player ever to play in the Premier League. I, have, I love that guy. Wow. 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 Uh, wow. That's, that's a huge I've, statement. And I've got so much bias. You, you can ask the other colleagues. Um, I, 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 support, I, I support Belgium before even De Bruyne moved to Premier League. And I was telling guys, like, guys, there's this guy called De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Ah, that guy. At least he plays the soccer the way I love it. He, he's a Gerard to me. You know, I look at De Bruyne and I just see Steven Gerrard. Just that uh, distribution of the passing, the shooting, uh, the skill. Ah, this one is a bad man. <laughs> wow, that's that's a huge statement. Bad. I'll, I'll, unfortunately, for me, I'll actually transfer everything you said. Okay, well, most of what you've said and put it on on someone like Sadio Mane. Uh, for me, that work all on and off the ball, the the way he carries himself, the way he can just get you a goal when you need one mm. or get you that win when you need one, you know, then, and the numbers don't lie as well. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you're putting so much praise on him, but I would hope Sadio Mane can actually, um, the year after winning the Golden Boot, mm. at least win one of the two player of the season awards, so either the Premier League or the PFA. But yes, I do, I can, I can safely say that Henderson does deserve one when you look on merit and you look on what he has done. And also, he really had some very big performances for you guys, um, especially when Fabinho was away as well. Mm, mm. Good point. Yeah, so that's that's about it, gents. I didn't have much to, to say, but uh, just to say that uh, I would like to put it on record. Congratulations, gents. You ran a very, very good race. Um, I, I wish I'd put money on Liverpool winning the league because I was saying this. Uh, well, I obviously, I was saying either Liverpool or City, but uh, I had a hunch that it was your guys' turn. <laughs> well, do, do you do it again next year? Yeah, that, that was going to be my question as well, just to find uh, if we play odds maker. Look, uh, I think there's actually a very good chance we can defend. I think I like what Klopp has said about, you know, there's an argument for for keeping the core of your team together. Um, I, I really like the way we do our transfer business. You know, we, we're not loud. We don't go after big signings. And I think what Klopp wants to do is he wants to bring in maybe one or one person maybe just gonna that's going to challenge the first team. But I see him just bringing more strength off the bench. Uh, we, we talk about a cover at left back. We talk about... Um, I know that we, we're starting to see the real navigator come through. But then you want to ask yourself, okay, is, is he really going to be the only guy who, who likes driving the ball forward and shooting from midfield. Um, so I do see one or two transfer activities happening. And I know we've got a couple of guys on loan who I think would probably come back and give some cover. You know, the likes uh, of this chap that we have at Bournemouth and um, et cetera. So I think, I think we could see some cover there. But I think there's a great chance. If I'm going to say to you, I think 60 to 70% chance we defend uh, the title. That's, that's pretty, it's pretty mm. high. high up I'm there. confident. Your thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm afraid. I, I don't share Sid's um, 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 <laughs> um, optimism. 
Um, I, I, I'm just worried about a, a, a couple of things. Um, the, the first one is depth. And, and I think I, I mentioned this the last time, um, the last time the three of us were together on a podcast. I'm, I'm just worried about depth um, where, where Klopp is, is being very low-key with regards to um, um, transfers this season. The tabloids have been saying that we're probably going to get um, one or two players um, but, but, but even then, I'm, I'm worried about depth, especially with regards to those front three. I feel that ever since um, Salah and Mane have come, we've been very lucky with regards to injuries. And just mm-hmm. the, the, the paranoid person in me just makes me think, you know what, I think we are due for a long-term injury for one of these guys. Now, I worry that if, 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 if Mane or, or Salah miss like, like a significant amount of a season, then, then what does that mean? Uh, are we going to get the... The, the 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 kind of goals um, that um, that that we're looking for, and, and I really you, you know at, at first when when the Werner deal um, fell through, I, I really tried to play it off like it wasn't a big deal, but as time went on, I really then realized you know what I'm actually quite gutted about this because um attacking cover wouldn't be um so, so, so such a bad idea. There are rumors about um about Jed and Shakiri um, wanting to leave because of or, of game time. Um, Origi, with time, has shown that he really is a, a, a super sub, a good player off the bench, but not the kind of person who can um, provide goals if he plays like the whole 90 minutes. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a bit skeptical, especially with regards to, 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 to depth, especially also because having won the league, having won the Champions League last season, you, you know, ideally you'd like to, like to see us also um, start challenging for domestic trophies. And depth really has been the reason why we haven't been able to, t- to challenge for those as well. So it looks like it's just going to be the same order of the day where we're just challenging for the Champions League and the Premier League and we're just going to let the, 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 the squad players and the reserves play the, the, the domestic cups. Yeah, very the, good point. The other, the, the, the other worry that I have, um, and, and, and this is probably not something that's going to affect us this coming season, but I think it might start affecting us maybe the season after that um, going forward. Is mainly, you know, sometimes um, it's good to, to, to have consistency to maintain the core of a cup-winning team. But sometimes a, a team really just achieves all that it can achieve and they really can't do better than, um, than they have. The, the most recent example of this for me would be Pochettino's Tottenham team, where these guys got the Champions League final and then the next season they just like totally fell apart. Um, even though we, we they're voting uh, another coach and we can debate about Mourinho's um, um, the skills as a coach in, in this day and age. But, you know, it, it wouldn't have been bad for them just to shake things up a bit. You know, maybe Salah, Salah uh, Harry came to, to Barcelona and Real Madrid and then get um, a, a new centre forwarding. And I think somewhere down the road, I, I really wouldn't mind us losing... Uh, a Salah and a Mane, and then getting another world-class um, um, winner in. But I stress again, that's that's probably not something that's going to affect us this coming season. But I, I, I think the rot might start to settle in maybe the season after that going forward. As uh, uh, Dad said, I can call Nikola Teta right now and give you Pepe for money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not my, you just say you want a world-class winger. Nah, nah, my, my he just, he just said he wants a world-class winger. <laughs> nah, nah, my he name is one of the no, key pass. people. No way. Keep your paper. Okay, okay. So Salah for Pepe. Salah no. for Pepe. <laughs> ah, no. No, we're good. Nope. <laughs> no, we're good. Thanks. <laughs> on that note, gents, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, congratulations on winning the league. 
once Thank again. You. I still believe that you guys will repeat next season. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of things happening uh, with your main rivals. I only think there's only one team that's going to rival you, and that's City. And I think Pep is, uh, you know, it's it's a bit frustrating because I'm, I'm kind of a purist and I would have loved to see Pep try and go head-to-head with you guys without, you know, bringing in seven, eight, nine, ten players. Yeah. But uh, I guess, you know, he, that's how he's going to do it. And I'm not, I'm not calling him a checkbook manager. He is an exciting manager, but I also would have loved to just see him do what Klopp did this season and say, you know what, I'm just going to tweak this and that mm. and change this about my side and let's 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 have at it. So unfortunately we might not be able to see that because I hear noise about uh, Nathan Ake joining for 35 million. Mm. There's a lot of strong rumors that Koulibaly might be joining in. They might be getting uh, Semedo from Barcelona in an exchange deal Cancelo. It's a crazy window. There's a lot happening but it seems one thing's for sure it seems like City are going to open the checkbook. For sure. So but I do think that a lot of those changes with a very short preseason might cause a headache for Pep Guardiola. And I think based on that, um, Liverpool will be, I give them 80% chance to, to repeat. All right. Wow. That's big. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Jim. All right. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.